thank you, yeah. All right, good morning, church. As Nathan said, my name is Danny Telerik, and I serve as one of the elders here at Grace. Uh, for today's scripture reading, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Uh, if you pull out your Bibles or your devices, you can go to Luke chapter 5. Uh, while you guys are doing that, I just want to say that after service today, I'll be up front. If there's anybody that wants to say hello, talk, or anybody that needs prayer, I'd be very happy to uh, meet with you up here. All right, so Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. Uh, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for today. Thank you for the beautiful weather that we have, that you've given us this morning, and for the opportunity to be here with all three of our services to honor and worship you. I just pray that you will bless everyone here this morning, Lord. I pray that you will be with Pastor Tim as he brings forth your message today. I ask for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. At your word, I will. At your word, I will. Would you repeat that after me? At your word, I will. Okay, you're kind of separated from me today, so you're going to have to be louder than that. At your word, I will. One more time. At your word, I will. I don't have to understand it. It doesn't have to make sense to me. It may not be easy to do. It may not be politically correct to do. It may not uh, be popular or socially acceptable to do. Have you ever done anything you didn't want to do? Well, that's life, right? And you do it sometimes just out of respect for the one who asked you to do it. Sometimes you do it out of obligation, duty, to keep a person happy to or to avoid the consequence of not doing it. We're in this series entitled Encounters with Jesus, and today's title is Jesus is Our Master. Everybody say master. Master. Uh, this encounter uh, is about the call to discipleship. A disciple is a follower 
Uh, the word refers to a student, learner, better yet, an apprentice. Uh, some of you have been apprentices where you actually follow the professional around, learning from them, following their instructions, and then receiving their feedback and coaching until you are qualified to go out and do the same, to do it on your own. Jesus said no student is about, above his master, but when fully trained or fully formed, becomes like his master. Friends, that's the goal of following Jesus, to be with Jesus and to become like Jesus and to do the things that Jesus does. This story is about discipleship. Now, Jesus didn't create this. I mean, there were rabbis already before his time, a lot of wise men, philosophers that people followed even today. So the question is not, are you a follower? The question is, who are you following? Because everyone follows someone. We are not self-created. We are not self-sufficient. We are not self-determinant. We are human beings wired to follow. This encounter is about discipleship. This encounter is about faith. What we find here is the challenge to do when the only reason to do is Jesus. At your word, I will. This encounter is about a God who does more than one could ask or imagine. This miraculous catch of fish preceded only by one suggestion, the miracle of a fisherman who was honest about his lack of catch. There are no fish stories in this story. This encounter is about living the at your word, I will life. With Jesus. So would you repeat after me one last time, at your word, I will. In the last chapter four, we find the reputation of Jesus spreading far and wide. His teaching is being sought after and praised. He has made a messianic claim and confirmed it by the casting out of demons and the healing of the sick, and the crowds are starting to form and follow Jesus around. We find him at the shore of Galilee where so many have pressed in on him, they've pushed him back into the water where his last resort is to get into the boat of Peter and to row out to create some space. And after he has finished with his profession, he starts to meddle in Peter's. Has Jesus ever meddled with your life? Now that I'm done preaching, Peter, let's go fishing. Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now notice, Peter begins, excuse me, Jesus begins Peter's discipleship, not by taking him out and away from his profession, but by calling him to a more divinely ordained practice of his profession. Friends, Jesus knows what Peter does. And in this encounter, it's like Jesus saying to Peter, I know what you do, but if you listen to me, if you would follow me, who you are and what you do will result in fruit you could never produce on your own. You see, a lot of people want to compartmentalize their lives. This is what I do on Sunday. This is what I do on Monday. And the two shall never intersect. You're a school teacher. You're a good school teacher. You're a sought-after school teacher. Do you have any idea what kind of school teacher you could be if you let Jesus be the master of your teaching? Thank God for school teachers. Thank God for good school teachers. But thank God for school teachers who follow Jesus. Amen? 
Whatever it is, farmers or framers, hairdressers or house cleaners, athletes or accountants, doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs, whatever, whatever you do, Colossians 3, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. The message paraphrase says it this way, do your best, work from the heart for your real master. Jesus says to you, I know what you're good at. <laughs> I actually created you to do that. But can you imagine, can you, can you catch the vision that when you follow me with me as your master, the master of who you are and what you do, what you could accomplish through you would become far more than your grandest dreams? Jesus does not exert his lordship over Peter's weakness, but over Peter's strength. He says, I know what you're good at. Are you, are you willing to submit what you're good at to the one who can make you even better? So question, how many, how many fishermen do we have in the audience today? How many fishermen? I mean, maybe not professional, but you, I mean, you have the gear, you have, you maybe even have uh, the boat, you have the right bait to attract the right kind of fish. You know when and how and what. You are a fisherman. You fish on the sea, you fish on the raging streams, you fish on the frozen lakes. I fish at Strax. I go to the counter, and they toss me a fish. I catch it, and I bring it home. What I love about fishing is eating the fish that someone else catches. <laughs> and what I know about those fishermen is not to tell them how to fish, especially after they've done all they know to do, and they've come up empty. And, friends, this is not unique to fishermen. Electricians don't like plumbers telling them how to run wire. Plumbers don't like farmers telling them how to install toilets. Farmers do not like accountants telling them when to plant seed. Nothing puts us in a foul mood quicker than after we, who know what to do, have done what we know to do for someone who doesn't know what we do to tell us what to do. Stay in your lane. With all due respect, Jesus, stick to preaching. I'll do the fishing. But remarkably, considering what we know of Peter, this is not his response. Peter says, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing but what? At your word. Imagine this scenario. I mean, we don't know what was going through Peter's mind. But again, knowing what we know of Peter, Jesus says, Peter, why don't you do it this way? And Peter says, Oh, yeah, of course. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I mean, you spent your entire life in a carpenter shop. I happen to spend my entire life in a boat. I mean, it's not a hobby or a pastime. People actually pay me good money for the fish, the fish that I catch. And Jesus says, Peter, did you catch any fish? Well, so why don't you do it this way? And Peter says, at your word. I will. Think about this. Peter has no faith in the word of Jesus. Against his better judgment, Peter says, at your word, I will. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in the book Cost of Discipleship, said, only those who obey believe. Friends, if you wait to understand it, you'll never do it. And if you never do it, you'll never understand it. In this encounter, Jesus is in Peter's boat, a symbol of success and significance. This is Peter's livelihood. This is Peter's life. But right now, this boat represents nothing but futility and frustration, a boat full of nets that are empty. 
And it looks like Peter, Jesus is trying to help Peter fish. But make, make no mistake, friends, this encounter is not about fishing. It's about following. It looks like Jesus is trying to figure out if Peter can fish. He knows he can fish. Jesus is trying to figure out if Peter can follow. I'm not calling you to fish, Peter. I'm calling you to follow. Are you going to follow me in your fishing? Because when you follow Jesus, friends, the fish show up. Have you ever done something you didn't want to do, but then glad you did it? Right? I mean, have you ever gone to church when you didn't want to go to church, but having gone to church, you were glad that you went to church? It works with prayer that way too, by the way. Generosity, service, forgiveness, at your word, I will, and when I do, friends, the fish show up. We find a couple of things in Peter's reply. First, the reply of frustration, I fished all night and caught nothing. We all know that. We know the pain of futility. Lives that are empty, lives that are frustrating, lives that are not producing what we'd like. Henry David Thoreau said the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Friends, we, it takes us a long time to find out that there is no meaning without the creator of that life. Peter's life at this point has become unmanageable, and he realizes that only a power greater than himself could restore him to sanity and decided to surrender his will to the care and control of his master. Get this, Peter has no faith in what Jesus is suggesting. He's actually trying to reason Jesus out of this command. The only thing Peter has is obedience. No faith, just obedience. I'm telling you, obedience gets a bad rap in our culture. It's oppressive and legalistic and graceless. But friends, sometimes all you have is the word of Jesus, the word from Jesus, the word, I mean, who is Jesus? Jesus is the word. And you have to ask yourself, is that enough for you? It is better to give than to receive. Is that enough for you to give? Be holy for I am holy. Is that enough for you to pursue righteousness? Forgive others for I have forgiven you. Is that enough for you to forgive, what will I get in return? Well, you won't know until you follow. What, how will it turn out? If I, you won't know until you follow. You see, I mean, it just, it has to make sense to us, right? I mean, there has to be a prescribed benefit. There has to be an understood result. I do this, you do that. Peter has none of that. Just the word of Jesus, and the word of Jesus was enough. Friends, this is what it means to follow Jesus. This is when you know that Jesus is your master. I don't have to understand it. I don't need guarantees or assurances. I'm not gonna bargain for benefits. Jesus, just give me your word. You are the word. Speak your word for your servant. Your follower is listening. I see no benefit in forgiving my offender. That's okay. At your word, I will. I don't understand how generosity makes me richer. Doesn't matter. At your word, I will. You're telling me to say no to things I'm convinced will make me happy? But you are Jesus, so at your word, I will. Friends, let me assure you, when you know the one who, when you know the who that is speaking the word, the why will come later, and the what will eventually make sense. At your word, I will. And Peter does. You know the story. The nets, the, the nets start breaking from the fish, too many to count. And the life that was once unmanageable, becomes unimaginable. How many of you want more fish in your net? How many of you want a better life, to be better at life, 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will fill your nets to overflowing to the point that you cannot manage the abundance. As the worship team comes back to lead us, we need to be cautioned by this story. Sadly, a lot of people use these verses to bargain with God. I do this and God fill my nets with fish. Only Peter didn't see it that way. Peter wasn't enamored with the catch of fish. He was all struck by Jesus. He didn't want the fish. He wanted Jesus. Friends, the reward for following Jesus is Jesus. And he is enough. He is enough. Peter would never have seen Jesus for who he was had he not done what Jesus said. And so we, we see him moving from a night of struggle to a morning of surrender. Here at the very beginning of the gospel, Luke chapter 5, Peter is the first to do what every human being will eventually do at the end of the age, bow the knee and confess the lordship of Jesus. Peter fell down at his, on his knees and said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, again, note that Jesus never says a word about sin in this story. Sin never comes up until Peter mentions it. doesn't matter. I mean, when you see Jesus for who he is, you can't help but see yourself for who you are. So neither one of you really needed to bring it up. It's obvious to both who he is and who you are not. You are not worthy to be in his presence. And yet you are. Talk about something that doesn't make sense. When Peter confessed his sinfulness, again, note, Jesus didn't disagree. He didn't try to make Peter feel better about his brokenness. He just called Peter out of his brokenness to a better life. He knows Peter like he knows you and me, warts and all, and just calls us to a life a better life, a life we could not do on our own, a life we could not imagine in ourselves. And so Jesus says to all of us, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Friends, following Jesus doesn't promise you a boatload of fish. Quite the contrary. Following Jesus demands that you leave your boats of fish behind. Because here's the deal, friends. When you catch fish, they die. <laughs> but when you catch men, when you catch men for Jesus, they live forever. This is the call to follow. Are you willing to lose what you cannot keep, to gain what you cannot lose? Friends, this isn't for toe dippers. It's not for those who want to wade in the shallows. It's for those who live the at your word, I will life with Jesus, and he will fill your nets to overflowing. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful. We are so grateful that even in our sinfulness, you call us out. Even in our brokenness, you did not ignore us. But you are the healer and the redeemer. 
you are our life. And so, Father, may we surrender our life to yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we continue. Amen. We'll continue on in some worship today.